Thanks for joining us for Life Vineyard Church. Good morning. My name is Liz, I'm one of the lead pastors here at Life, and Happy New Year! You've joined us on the first day of 2023. How exciting uh, that we get to spend this time together. I I love the energy of a new year, right? The momentum. I love natural momentum, right? There's nothing you have to really do to feel the energy of a new year, right? It's it's in our culture. Um, it, we kind of get this blank slate feeling where we could just like do anything, right? We could start new habits. We could say goodbye to old habits. We get to dream and kind of look at what we want to accomplish and what we want to do. And there's, there's a lot of energy. And I love that natural kind of uh, adventure that we just get to like paint a new picture on the canvas of 2023. Now we all know that even the picture that we paint and the intentions that we hold, uh, we still hold them with an open hand because unexpected things happen, right? Um, things we didn't plan for, and that's okay. Um, but I, I love just kind of looking forward for the new year. So I'm going to talk a little bit real quick about my event. Um, it is two parts. If you wanted to come to one part and not both, you can. And then there's a lunch break uh, where we could just go pick up food. You could, you know, bring a lunch if you want to. A lunch won't be provided, but it's fun to just go grab lunch at Los over here or whatever. But part one is reflective. Um, bring a journal. It is like a self-directed, I will direct you, but it's personal, right? You are with your journal going through a prompt and kind of pulling out the testimonies and the lessons from 2022, even the things like, oh yeah, I don't really want to repeat that anymore. Or I, I see that kind of negative trend and I would love to let go of that. Um, so it, that is like a reflective time. Then part two after lunch is a vision board time. So sometimes people are bent towards one of those activities. I like to do them both. They kind of go one into the another seamlessly for me. Um, I'm like a thinker. And once I kind of like reflect and get all the nuggets out of that reflection time, I feel like I can go in and really uh, create my vision board well. Um, so that's kind of the two parts to that and we'll be crafting. We haven't done a vision board time yet because of COVID and sharing supplies and touching magazines and stuff like that. So I'm excited that we're able to do that again and have the vision board time. So if you have any more questions about that, um, let me know. But, you know, as we look towards 2023, well, we're in it right now, right? We always have to get kind of used to that. Uh, we can make like an endless to-do list, right? We can, we can dream bigger than uh, what we have time for, right? Um, like when your eyes are bigger than your stomach, you know, my eyes can be bigger than my year, right? I want to do way more than I even have the time or capacity to do sometimes. When Christmas ended and everyone pulled out their trash can post-Christmas, do you know when you like look down your street and you just see like the piles that everyone's trying to like shove into the trash can, right? Um, sometimes they're piled a few high or they're piled next to it or there's all the boxes, right? Now that we're 
everything we're buying online and I like the amount of boxes that I have to get rid of, right? So, so it looks something like that. If you looked down your street, you're just hoping that uh, your trash company will take it, right? There's some places where it's, if you can't close the lid, hey, we're not taking it. But uh, we pile it a few high and hope that they take it. Um, so sometimes we can we can feel like this in our own life when we make. Uh, a to-do list, or we have these things stuffed into our life that it, we just don't even have capacity for, right? We only get 365 days regardless of how much we have to accomplish, and it sometimes can feel like an overstuffed trash can, like there's just not enough time or space to do it all. And you're not alone. If you ever feel like that, if you ever can get that sense like, yeah, I can feel over capacity. Seven out of 10 adults say that, yeah, I'm, I'm busy. I'm very busy. They resonate with that statement. And sometimes we wear that busy uh, badge like right here, like, oh, hi, how's it going? Like, what have you been up to? Oh, I've just been so busy, right? Like, I've got a lot going on. I'm so busy. And you can, you can kind of attach it to your identity sometimes and your self-worth. Like, being busy makes you feel like, oh, yeah, I'm needed. I am in demand. I'm wanted. I'm important. I have things to fill my life with. We don't always like kind of the, the empty space of, of being. But, you know, me mental health professionals will agree that there are consequences to being overstuffed, to being overcapacity, to being busy. And some of those consequences are things like anxiety and, and stress, sadness, frustration, we can, we can feel anger, we can feel lonely, we can feel hopeless, we can feel incompetent, and, and the list goes on when we put ourselves in a situation of overcapacity. And here is what Jesus tells us in moments when we feel like this. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I think that Jesus, he invites us into a, a different type of capacity, one that starts from a place of rest in him, that there is an inner lightness, that, that, that there is an inner refreshment in our souls so that when we do have a to-do list and we do have things that are going on in our life, we are tackling those things from a place of security in him. That's his desire for you. Rest. And <clears throat> It can be hard to find that kind of rest in a busy, overextended, exhausting world. 
But the pattern of God, the pattern of Jesus is different than this world will, uh, will put on you, okay? And we can see some of these, these keys and these clues all the way back in the creation story. So we're going to jump there for a moment and start right at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis 1.1. And this is what God says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and, he, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Okay, then this, this creation pattern, it continues, right? Day two, day three, day four, day five, the pattern is God created, he saw that it was good, and there was evening, and morning. And then we get to where he created mankind. He said, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And then there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. So there's, there's some kind of rhythm, there's some kind of poetry going on here where there's a, a repetition in the creation story. And when there's repetition, it, it makes us pay attention, right? If you were to call me one time, I would be like, oh, I missed a call from so-and-so. You know, maybe they'll call me again or text me, and we'll connect at some time. But if you're calling me six times in a row, right, even when I have my phone on do not disturb, if someone calls multiple times, that comes through, right? And I think... There's an emergency. Something is going on. I must call that person back. So repetition is there to kind of get our attention, right? And there's repetition in this creation story. And here's a repetition that we can easily overlook. It's evening and morning. What's different about that than what we normally say? We normally start with the morning and then evening, right? That's how our day and our life starts. It starts in the morning. We got to get to work. We got to get to school. We got to get out the door. We got to get to where we're going, going grocery shopping, do our activities. Whatever it is, it starts in the morning. Do you ever wake up and like you're already stressed? Like the first thoughts in your mind are like, oh, I have to do this and this and this and this and this and this and this today. Right? We start with our morning, and then when all the work is done, and all the homework is done, and the activities are done, and the grocery shopping is done, and the appointments are done, then we might, might rest in the evening. Right? But scripture here is showing us a pattern of evening and then morning. And What's interesting about this is that Moses wrote the creation story, and the Israelites were the first people to hear the creation story. It wasn't even us, right? The Israelites 
are listening to this creation story, and they know from a very real experience in their life that God delivered them from slavery. He delivered them from this over-demanding, oppressive work where their identity was tied to how much they could produce because they made bricks seven days a week for Pharaoh. And their importance was tied to how many bricks are you making, right? What's your production? From sunup to sundown, they are making bricks as slaves. And God frees them from slavery, and he brings about a different way of life. When they are hearing this creation story, they are hearing that God is not like Pharaoh. God is different. He is creating a different way with a different invitation that your life and your identity does not start with work. It starts with rest. And furthermore, your worth does not start with work. It starts with rest in God. That's a whole different way of living. To rest is to trust what God has done is enough. To rest is to trust what God has done is enough. Now, aren't you glad that we've moved past the time of the Egyptians and the Israelites where we've advanced in our society and our technology and we don't, we don't have to assign our value to brick making anymore. We don't have to assign our worth to how many bricks you've made and we compare notes and we've advanced way past that. Well... I don't think we have advanced as much as we would like to think, right? We still assign our value and our worth to our work. It just, the bricks look a little different, right? The bricks look like, uh, you know, how many times you've checked your email or how much you've produced that day? You know, how many goals did you accomplish in 2022? How many books did you read? Um, how many new clients did you add? What kind of promotion did you get? What salary did you come home with? Maybe it's what, what score you earned on that, that test or how great that post did on Facebook, or what your life even compares to with other people um, on Facebook. You know, what are they doing with their holiday? What are they doing with their life? What are they doing on vacation? And the problem is, is that we still live this way. We actually haven't advanced very far. And it's a soul-crushing way to live. And we do it to ourselves. We're like our own pharaoh of just assigning value based on how much we produce. And this is what Jesus, um, what happened to Jesus 
when he got to the point of working and starting his ministry, this is what happened to him. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Here's my second and last point for you today. What God has done is more important than our to-do list. What God has done is more important than your to-do list or your should list. <laughs> you know, before, before Jesus starts his real work, right, the ministry that, that God in, put on him to do, he's fully beloved. He stands in a place of complete rest. He has the pleasure of the Father. He has the, the Holy Spirit descending on him. He's fully accepted and loved. His worth is already fully established. There's nothing that he can do to earn it, produce it, work hard enough for it. And that's, that's what we receive as well. That isn't just for Jesus, but that is how we stand as adopted sons and daughters of the Father. We stand in that same value and worth. That he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. That he created you. He healed you. He adopted you. He comforted you. He gifted you. He purchased your freedom. He forgave your sins. He gives you wisdom and understanding. And he guides your life. And because of what God has done, You can let go of that strong grip on all the things that need to happen and should happen in this next year of life. And it's not an anti-work message or an anti-vision. You know, uh, clearly, I'm like having a, a, an event to dream about the next year. God created us for very meaningful work. But he didn't create us for that work to be our approval. We're called to, to partner and work alongside God and work from a place of refreshment. Work from this rhythm of evening, morning. From non-striving and non-earning, but from belovedness. And that's what I desire for you to expand in. Expand this year in your identity in Jesus because the depths of God are endless. And we all need to expand into who we are in Christ. So what does it look like to live in this pattern of evening and morning? Evening and morning. Rest is whatever reflects the goodness of God. 
Things like sleeping, laughing, eating. Anything that you love that is good. Going for a walk, connecting with a friend, playing with your kids, reading a book, watching a movie, reading scripture. Evening and then morning. So as we looked on this new year that has started today, it's my challenge to you to, to start from this place of rest and, and prioritize this pattern of evening and morning. How can you work that into the rhythm of your life? I have three call to actions for you on this very thing about how you can kind of get into this rhythm. So there's a daily rhythm, right? A daily rhythm of evening and morning, the most natural, evening and morning. What do you do in your evening? And how do you prioritize your evening, right? Things like eating dinner with your family, talking about things of substance, Finding recreation, that, that's like doing an activity for enjoyment, right? Not just doing an activity because you have to. So some people, you know, you like art, you like sewing, some people like sports. Maybe it's walking your dog. What do you even do the three minutes before you get out of bed in your daily rhythm? That's a challenge for me because you know what? If I look at my phone and start scrolling for the first three minutes of my morning, <laughs> it doesn't go well. I mean, yeah, it keeps me in bed more, longer than I should, but now I'm like, I'm triggered by all the things I'm seeing and my thoughts and whatever has gone maybe in a completely different way. way. And I am not starting my day with resting in his presence. And it's such a hard habit to break, and it's really tempting because phone is so fast and easy, and it just, it just sits there in the silence and the space of life for all the times I can just pull it up and check it. But what really helps me as a daily rhythm is the app Lectio 365. And if I start my day with that, that, for me, is a daily rhythm of starting from a place of rest. And sometimes it's grabbing my headphones and putting it in while I'm starting my day, <laughs> making coffee and the kids and the whole nine yards, because I don't always get a place of peace and quiet to start my place of rest, okay? So sometimes I have to make do, right? Um, but what is a rhythm a daily rhythm that you can anchor in for an evening, morning kind of life. Because if we don't do it physically, guess what happens? We just do morning, evening. We just work, 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 do, 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 until we finally crash and be. We have to be intentional about it. We have to rewire our bodies and our brain. Then there's the weekly rhythm. What's your weekly rhythm look like for rest? God created a day of rest, a Sabbath 
for us to enjoy him, enjoy each other, and find refreshment. Some of us, that looks like coming to church and having a restful day. For me, sometimes I have to do it half on Saturday, half on Sundays, you know? But where can you carve out and move some activities so that there is a, a longer period of rest and, and doing things that are refreshing and good for you? And thirdly, a seasonal rhythm. These things take some planning and some carving out. Like, here's a boundary. I really look forward to this every single year. Maybe it's a, a vacation or some time outdoors or a retreat away. And you just, you do everything you can <laughs> to make that a, a really special, restful time. Because you need it. You need it for your identity. You need it to stay grounded in Jesus. So here's the invitation that there is a better way. God says there is a better way with the belovedness that the Father has given you for 2023. It's not the trash piling up where uh, you were over capacity and you, you just overwhelmed and done. There's a better way to live with, with what you can. Hold what you can hold. Like this next picture. Hold what you can hold. Right? Isn't that nice? All the trash is fitting in there. It's so peaceful. You don't even see the trash. <laughs> hold what you can hold this next year. Yes, there's unexpected things, but this is an invitation to start this year with rest and to be intentional about living from that place evening and morning. So let's pray. Jesus, we're thankful that you're not a God that demands that you are a God that lets us live in full rest and belovedness and peace and love. And you invite us into a, a, a different way of living with you. So thankful that you are a good father. That you are kind and loving. And so we just want to enter that rest this morning. We want to enter worship with you this morning. And I pray that your peace falls on us gently like a rain. And for those that need it, I pray that it falls hard on like, a, like a, a strong rain of peace and refreshment and that we would enter your presence with joy and love. God, thank you for all that you have done for us. And we want to rest and trust that it is enough. It is enough to sustain us. We love you, Jesus. Amen. At Life Vineyard Church, we want you to experience the life-changing presence of God. We'd love to have you join our community. We meet every Sunday in Muhammad, Illinois. To find out more, go to lifevineyard.org, lifevineyard.org.